Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, alongside Action Jackson for one hour of midday radio brilliance. The standoff with YouTube enters its day 17? I think it is day 17. Something Hell, I don't know. Either way, we're not on YouTube. And that's a shame because I'm wearing this wonderful wardrobe TMA hoodie. Yeah, it is sharp. And I think it accentuates so many things about me. And I'm so excited about myself. Are you? Text in 314-399-9646. If you are, you can win Blues and Brews tickets. Ticket giveaway for joining 101 ESPN for Blues and Brews this Friday evening at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the blue season at this outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquis Knox, plus appearances by blues players and alumni food trucks, merch, 101 giveaways, and more. Tickets are on sale now, or you can text in to win free tickets to Blues and Brews at 314-399-9646. Blues and Brews is presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN, and 92.3 WIL. Get all the details at 101 ESPN. Uh, Jackson, uh, what a program we have today for our audience. It is a wide berth Wednesday. That's right, Tim. Very much a wide berth Wednesday. But yet you believe you have the deep dive topic. Uh, I think I have. You teased this on TMA, and it intrigued me. And you told all of the TMA listeners to tune in to 101 ESPN at 10 o'clock and find out what it was. So here I am. I'm in studio. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go deep diving. What do you got? Sure. And obviously, listeners are also welcome to send in their deep dive requests. But this and is the one I Venmo I them 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. They can I lost put- some money this weekend, so my Venmo isn't as uh, healthy as it once was. Sure. I, just, I still can do the 20 bucks thing, but maybe only a handful of deep dives can be paid. <laughs> but they might win blues and bruise tickets. Yeah, that's right. Deep dive request as Missouri plays at the Dome this weekend, and we often talk about how bad is the Dome is. Is this the deep is. dive? Uh, or is, this a, is this a little Piddles, Angry Beaver, Pony ride? It's part of that. It's part of the half and half. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I thought, this, I thought you like had this deep dive that you thought might be the whole show, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what this guy's got. I don't think it's the, that big of a okay. deep dive, but I think it's interesting. Deep right, dive request. Fair enough. Deep dive request from Missouri plays at the Dome this weekend, and we often talk about how bad the Dome is relative to other football venues. From your perspective, mm. why mm. is the Dome the way it is with some historical context? Why Has it always been bad, or was it once in style? Never. And, and do you think the Dome will ever come down or will ever sit on the north side of downtown? Oh, well, it'll absolutely come down. I mean, Bush Stadium will come down, Enterprise Center will come down. Right. This, this isn't like the Coliseum. <laughs> um, I don't know if, like you mean, like in 50 years, if that's what you mean. I just don't know, like, what, what do you think the timetable is? I mean, I guess it's all dependent on the XFL and, and businesses going there. Uh, th- I mean, there's plenty of empty buildings in downtown St. Louis to, you know, right. what's your Mount Rushmore of empty buildings in downtown St. Louis? Us, the Dome. The hotel there. I think even the most, how can I phrase this so as to not alienate the audience? Something I should have started asking 25 years ago. 
even the most hardcore defender of all things St. Louis, who may or may not like to hear things in St. Louis criticized, can acknowledge the Dome is a low-tier NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that, and I can make that absolute stadium, statement. If you have been to many NFL stadiums, then you absolutely are there. But I know that, you know, that may not be the case. The only reason I have is because of my job. So it's not like I'm like, yeah, I'm so flush with cash. Let's travel to, you know, San Francisco this weekend and Seattle next weekend. It's just what my job was. So I saw it. But I was in school at the University of Missouri when it opened in 1995. And I recall, you know who they played in the first game at the Dome, Jackson? This is trivia. Who knows it? 314-399-9646. Buffalo. No, I'm sorry. I'll give you two more guesses. Otherwise, I've just got too much today. Um, San Francisco. No, I'm sorry. New Orleans. No, I'm sorry. They didn't play Buffalo that year, I don't think. And they did play San Francisco and New Orleans, but at Bush Stadium that year. Oh. Oh, there you go. They played the Carolina Panthers. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Jake DeLome. I've been before him. It was probably a Kerry Collins era. Yeah. And I remember watching it on television from my futon at the Sigma Chi House, oh, Sizai yeah. Chapter, University of Missouri. Very blessed. I hope that doesn't come off as a brag. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, what is this? I guess, I guess maybe like they'll install the lights after week one. <laughs> no. So it was outdated the day it opened. Got it. And... Part of the reason for the problem was the fact that they built it and didn't have a team. The expectation was they would get either what became the Carolina Panthers or the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they didn't get either one, and then you had a stadium without a team, and then the Rams said, oh, we can insert ridiculous terms because... They have no leverage. They need a team. And we shall get these terms. And 20 years later, we shall move back to Los Angeles. So you had a stadium that was outdated from the moment it opened, kind of like the White Sox ballpark mm-hmm. on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. That would be my parallel for it. So, now, Correct me if I'm incorrect, but in the mid-90s there, the Dome was was not the Dome Stadium, not talking about the Edward Jones in particular, or the Dome at America Center, but the Dome Stadium in general was kind of in vogue, where people weren't people building domes more so often than they were d- building outdoor stadiums. I could be wrong on this. I would say maybe the retractable roof was starting to come to fruition, but later in the 90s, early 2000s. Okay. What about the fir- No, you know, Sky Dome was a retractable roof. Okay. Uh, the Blue Jays, where they still play now, Rogers, yeah, Rogers Center. Center. Uh, but that was a big deal at the time. That Got was 1990, it. I believe. I know Joe Carter hit his home run, and it was at that place. Uh, and that was 93. But um, no, okay. this thing was just... Because the deal, in order to get the the funding, it had to be part of a convention center. It couldn't be a standalone stadium. So uh-huh. therefore, it had to be a dome. Got it. Got it. As you, for those of you who listened the day I replayed excerpts from my podcast with Vince Shamel and Gene McNary, who was... Uh, county executive and mayor, respectively, in the 1980s. The plan was to build a dome where, I believe, where Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, parentheses, Riverport, or Rams Park, one or the other, in that area, mm-hmm. was for the football Cardinals and also, as Gene McNary revealed, the San Antonio Spurs. 
And uh, and then he was told, Vince Shamel was told by city powers that be that if he took the stadium outside of the city of St. Louis, as in the city limits, that he could kiss his political career goodbye. In a meeting at the MAC, Mayor Shamel, for the record, disputes McNary's account of that, just for the record. I think that moment that you described right there is the single most pivotal in modern St. Louis sports history. Wow, what a powerful statement. Because if you think about Very it... Very Orlovskian. Well, let's... Hey, but you might be right. I mean, let's look at it. Let's play the hand out. They put the stadium there. Most likely, you wouldn't have that clause. Now, Mayor Shamel, in fairness, says Bill Bidwell was not going to stay here no matter what. Okay, that's fair. So, I mean, it's, but if you're operating on the premise that it, had they done that... Yeah. I don't know who to believe. I have no reason to... to, to right. I don't have like a Teddy KGB Oreo moment with either one of them to, to know. Sure. Um, I suppose, I guess I want to believe Gene McNary. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. One right. way or the other, most of the people who are involved with this, this alleged meeting at the MAC are no longer with us, where Shamel was told, you move, you're, because he had aspirations, and I think he did run for governor, um, if I'm not mistaken. And lost, but your aspirations for politics beyond St. Louis, you can kiss them goodbye because these were the guys in power. Civic progress is what it was called. So, yeah, you could certainly uh, make that case because it had the domino effect of the football Cardinals leaving. It had the domino effect of then building the dome. Um, but then there were some other elements in between the Rams and uh, the football Cardinals, such as nearly the New England Patriots moving here. Yep. As weird as that part is, but that's a real thing. And also uh, an expansion team. Yep. And I think if St. Louis got the Patriots or an expansion team, St. Louis would still have an NFL team. Right. Yeah, and then if but when you have a building that is empty that is already built with taxpayer money, you don't have leverage in a negotiation. Hence, the lease clause that allowed the Rams to leave. Yeah, I mean that's like the most important domino that eventually fell. And but then you got to ask why was that domino there? Right. And you know, I, I, I my belief is that. Bill Bidwell wanted to make it work here. I could be wrong on that. I just, and here's my reasoning for it. Could be off the mark on it. Michael Bidwell, his son, mm-hmm. who now operates the team, yep. caught some hell recently with allegations from a former employee. Um, and who knows what's true there, but that also is factual. Has such love for St. Louis, fought for St. Louis in the meeting in Houston in which the Rams were uh, voted to go to Inglewood. Mm-hmm. And when was summarily dismissed by Jerry Jones when he did stand up for St. Louis. Um, I think if there was real ill will towards St. Louis, I don't think that he would have done that. Right. I hear what you're saying. That, Cause what, maybe, what's maybe the upside? That, maybe that's a bad, maybe that's a bad read. But what, like what would be his upside in doing that? Well, if he hated the city of St. Louis and then he, you know, then this is a chance to go oh, good. They screwed my father around. Yeah. And now I can get him even yeah. more here and take another team away from him. You see what I'm saying? No and doubt. he was he was one of the only people to stand up for St. Louis. Right. I think Jerry Richardson and Bob McNair, both of whom have since passed, um, fought for St. Louis, but I don't know if it was necessarily about St. Louis so much as if St. Louis had raised money like it kind of had, because I say kind of because Cronkie would have had to put in money in order to build that stadium. 
uh, then how are they going to leverage Charlotte and Houston into a new stadium down the road? That's what I think their support of St. Louis was based on. Sure. That, if, if you follow all of these dominoes that are falling everywhere as we lay this out, it, all because Missouri's playing Memphis in three days there. That's right. And uh, I'm thinking on Michael Bidwell. Uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate for do a second. Do whatever you want to do. You can play whatever role you want. Sometimes sure. I dress up as a gerbil. <laughs> I would think having a team in Los Angeles could negatively affect having a team in Phoenix, whether it be traveling sure. in another Super Bowl venue. Sure. Because Glendale is, them in Miami are like the two biggest Super Bowl venues. New Orleans. Yeah, so having, yeah, New Orleans and now Vegas and oh, no. LA. Oh, no. They've definitely played them at Jerry's place in Dallas. I don't know how many have been played there. Steelers and Packers played there. Yeah. I don't know how many they've played there. I feel like Glendale has had as oh, many yeah. as Miami in the past 20 years. Uh, so There's just a rotation of sorts with New Orleans, Miami, and, and Phoenix. Yeah, Glendale, yeah. So I think that possibly, I mean, how many yeah, people you, from you, L.A.? You, maybe you're right there. How many people from L.A. are traveling down to Phoenix for football games? But, even but if Michael Bidwell small... has been supporting St. Louis-based charities sure. for a number of years. I, I, listen, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I covered it. I'd like to think, you know, people who followed that story would, ignore, even if they effing hate me, acknowledge mm-hmm. that I did cover it. I mean, I went to these things. I was in conversations. Kevin Demoff texted me from inside that meeting room that day. Um, you know, I remember the, the the week before that vote, got off the phone with him like at 11 o'clock. They had a meeting in New York and I got off the phone. I said to my wife, I go, son of a bitch, it's going to be the Rams and Chargers. Yeah. Vote hadn't even taken place. Mm. You know, so. Ah, yeah, it, it, it does. Because I, I think I think that there's so many elements to the state of our region yeah. that is tied to. In effect, these teams moving, but also speaks to the cause of the state of the region because it is, well, you can't build a stadium because it's not in the city limits. What in the hell does it matter? It's the metropolitan area. It runs parallel to the other issues outside of sports. Correct. Yeah. Uh, All paints a tail. And then then you have an expansion team that the NFL, you could say the NFL hates St. Louis. The NFL postponed giving the Jaguars that team so St. Louis could have time to get its house in order. They didn't want to go to Jacksonville. And then St. Louis couldn't get its house in order. And you had infighting. So that's why this story is so... You know, it, I, I suppose it's easier get your likes mm-hmm. by blaming everything on Stan Kroenke. Reality is, St. Louis has blood on its hands as well. Doesn't yeah. mean Stan Kroenke's in it. It's not an either or. But you know, yeah, St. Louis has blood on its hands. Stan Kroenke wasn't around for the uh, the Bidwill mess and the St. Louis Stallions mess. Yeah. My reasoning for asking the question is, I think it's easy to say like, "Oh, the dome sucks," and it always has sucked. But I think it's more interesting to like dive into the reasons why it is how it is and the reasons why it's standing there. At the well, I also of think one of the elements outside of the building itself mm-hmm. that the atmosphere was so crappy relative to what it could have been with the caliber of team that we had in St. Louis from 1999 through 2003 in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, 99, 2000, 2001, and 2003 were Super Bowl caliber teams. Yeah. The 2003 team kind of gets overlooked because they lost their first playoff game. The 2000 team still had that same group with Warner and Falk and Bruce and Holt and Azakim. Um, is because in order to generate the revenue, they had to do PSLs, which was a controversial thing at the time back in 94, 95, 95, I guess it would have been. 
So who can afford PSLs? Businesses. Businesses. Well, who sits in those seats? Clients and or owners of the businesses. Right. Who sits in the lower bowl and tailgates at Battlehawks games? Two different demographics. Sure. Not a whole lot of Venn diagram overlap right uh-huh. there. What has a better atmosphere? The uh, last eight years at the Dome with the Rams or the last couple of years with the Battlehawks at the Dome right. with an XFL team? Right. It's like the Super Bowl versus a college football game. Well, it's, it's exactly right. That's exactly time. right. That's that Trent Dilfer bite that, I, yeah. uh, that he's coaching in, in between the hedges this weekend with UAB. Uh, and he's, yeah, an SEC Saturday night game is better atmosphere than a Super Bowl. I agree 100%. I yeah. went to the Super Bowl in New Orleans and I remember thinking to myself, and it's great. I'm at the Super Bowl. If Instagram were around, I'd do duck lips and hopefully get likes. But this is a, such a staid atmosphere. It's it's a Super Bowl, but it's a bunch of people saying, I want to be at the Super Bowl. I don't really give a damn about the game. And meanwhile, our team is losing to the New England Patriots somehow. This is awful. As weird as that sounds. And plus, when you were walking into the Superdome that day, there was barbed wire fence because it was four months after September 11th. There's barbed wire around the Superdome with rocket launchers. Oh. Camouflage rocket launchers. Yeah. It's because crazy. they were thinking yeah. it was a perfect terrorism target. Yeah. And understandably so. Uh, your thoughts? I haven't even looked at the text inbox yet. 314-399-9646. We're giving away Blues and Brews tickets. Jackson is diving deep with his uh, Angry Beaver Little Piddles half and half. This is Balloon Party driven by Mug and St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Nice. I hit the post. I didn't even know it. Yeah, you're special. Yeah. I didn't want to draw attention to myself because that's never been my brand. No. But yeah. I caught myself being surprised by how great I am. Right. Does that come off wrong? It's Balloon Party driven by Mung and St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. 101 ESPN. My name's Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. And uh, we welcome you to participate in the program. We win Blues and Brews tickets. Uh, Jackson, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Smith, is begging for the tickets to Blues and Brews via text. Is that how you win tickets with you? Nah, you know, as much as the people might be nice who are begging for them or they might have a good reason, you know, you got to have some merit. You got to okay. do something that to earn it a little bit more than just begging. Okay. Begging won't be rewarded on this hour. Nice. Okay. Fair enough. There it is, Mr. Smith. Uh, I guess essentially you got to personally attack us, and that's how you get the tickets. It's a good start. It is. That's uh, certainly been uh, our bailiwick here. Jackson, uh, I liked your deep dive question. That was a good question. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, we welcome deep dives. I'll just Venmo you $20 if it's one that leads to uh, yeah, I just, synapses firing. I just think people will be reminded of the Dome's atmosphere this weekend. And so, uh, you know, I like to talk. I think that story is interesting. I think it's... Uh, I think it's fascinating how, you know, the St. Louis saga with the NFL and sports in general has developed. And so anytime we can talk about that, I like to. I like it in a weird masochistic way because it's not really fun. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, And it's reopening wounds. Part of me, as weird as this is, and I don't know if anybody feels this way, as, as is documented on the program, I am a... Big Missouri football fan. Yeah. Big, big Missouri football fan. My wife is uh, going out of town and taking our one-year-old uh, baptism in, in Washington, D.C. Oh, nice. This weekend. Yeah. So my six-year-old and I will uh, be the men of the house sure. for three nights. So I can go to the game. I care about the game. I'm a little nervous about the game. Got to be honest with you. That number's down to five and a half now. Brady Cook is listed as questionable. Eli Drinkwitz was on with 
Chase Daniel, Chase Daniel now doing a podcast and getting into broadcasting. Um, and he said if uh, Cook doesn't practice by Thursday, then they will have to turn to Sam Horn and Jake Garcia at a quarterback. Um, so with that said, I'd like to take him to a game, but part of me is like, I really don't want to go into that building that much. Yeah, I mean, I hear where you're coming it bring, from. It bring it makes me it honestly it just makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that there's there's nothing else to it other than that. Yeah. Now maybe I go in there and I go okay whatever, but it's like this place hosted one of the greatest NFL offenses in the history of the league that is by far and away now the most popular league in the United States, and we don't have a team. We have an XFL team, and we have Missouri playing Memphis, Yeah, and we have RC. What more could you want? I'm excited to have a Royal Crown Cole. I haven't had one since 2015. I don't see it on the log today. If if there's payola going on here, I am backing away from the council. You just don't see RC Cola served uh, anywhere, and so to have it at a major NFL stadium is just surprising. Flat, usually. I don't know what kind of upgrades have been implemented for this. I just hope there's still RC. That's all Jackson cares about. I'm going to get one. It's a promise. God, can you imagine the angry Kansas City fans if, if Missouri loses in St. Louis? The attendance is lackluster. Uh, yeah. We're going to create a whole thing. It'll we create will... civil war yeah. following this big win against Kansas State when Missouri fans bonded in optimism. Yep. Yeah, and now St. Louis, look what you did. You didn't show up and they lost that crappy building. Never again. Yeah. Oh, I can actually, I can see Tiger Board right now and it's lighting up because St. Louis screwed the season. Yeah. I can see it all happening, but I don't think that'll be the outcome. I had a dream the other night that you the, had a dream. Hold that, on a second. Look at this. What do we have here? That the Missouri Tigers waxed Memphis. You're Just, dreaming about Missouri and Memphis. Well, it's my subconscious. People like to say, oh, dreams, you know, they ran. No, 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 no. Dreams mean something. So therefore, I should go bet the bankroll on no, Missouri. No. Missouri money line. I did have, I wouldn't say a vision so much, but I oh did have. Oh, now you're having visions. I did have like a feeling what about the case state game. The Angel Gabriel. You know, that's the, the nom de plume for my uh, grade school. Yeah. My alma mater, St. Really? Gabriel. Okay. St. Gabriel the Archangel. I knew that. But, Friend of the feather. Yeah, I got my cup right here. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank yeah, you very gobble much. of greatness. But uh, I did have like a feeling before the K State game that they were going to win. Yeah, and then I kind of, I guess, a dream slash vision about Missouri. Look just, at Nostradamus like, in like here. Like forty two to seven over forty two to seven over Memphis. Yeah, that this is just is a dream, you know. Wow. But, so not only did you dream about Missouri and Memphis and the game that ever, you know, some people are talking about Notre Dame, Ohio State. Some people are talking about Oregon and Colorado. Yeah, those people are wrong. Yeah, most people who know the game are focused on Missouri and Memphis. So you're dreaming about it, like many around the country are. And then also, at the end of the dream, the cameras in your dreams panned up to show the scoreboard. Yeah. With well, some of the light bulbs out. Well, I was in the stadium in the dream. I see. I'll be there, and I, uh, I looked to the scoreboard. And you saw 42-7. to 7. Yeah. So I take Missouri and the under, and I parlay that, and I get paid in the proverbial Escalade? Yeah, if that actually is the final score, then I need, I need like everyone to pay attention to me forever. Like, I need my own show. <laughs> That's the business model of Instagram. Yeah, I'm, like, contracts are being renegotiated, because I, I, I will be... So now, now, you're, now you're negotiating with the station 
via your dreams of, on Missouri and I, Memphis. I'll become the sports gambling psychic. I know that you're a tout now. That gimmick has been done before, you know, where they like that's also the, the magic model of Twitter. The magic, like they're wearing a, like a robe and the like rubbing magic balls and, and seeing what the score is going to be. But if I can actually dream this into existence, then I, I am the greatest. Uh, what is Cooker Horn, the quarterback in your dream, Jackson? That I did see. I the dreams are foggy, you know, most people have every detail of their dream. I certainly I do not. I just remembered that, but I think. I like if Cook's out, I'm not like freaking out personally. I think the game's gonna I'm be not, won. I'm not, in the I'm not run. freaking out. I, here's here's the thing on the Brady Cook situation. I, I when I was like, okay, there must be something. Either Brady Cook's really good, or Sam Horn's just not there yet. It was Chase Daniel. And that's not a shot at Eli Drinkwitz or anybody else. Chase Daniel had no reason to say what he said, and this was before the Kansas State game. And he did an interview on SEC Nation, I think, is where he did it. And he just said, I was in camp. It's without question Brady Cook. So again, there is a gap between Brady Cook and Sam Horn. And there can only be one of two reasons for that. Either Cook's really good or Sam Horn's not ready yet. So I paid attention to that. I still didn't expect him to do what he did against Kansas State. So operating on that premise, and we have to, you know, the way gamblers take advantage of Las Vegas numbers is realizing that there are prisoners of the moment, either bad this time last week. Oh, my God, Missouri's going to get killed by Kansas State. Why? Well, because they barely beat Middle Tennessee. Oh, Missouri's going to kill Memphis. Why? Because they beat Kansas State. Well, keep in mind, Missouri beat Kansas State on a 61-yard field goal. They didn't Mm -hmm. beat them 50-10. to Right. So losing to Memphis is in play. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Missouri fan and you learn to expect awful things. It's because Missouri isn't, you know, some Georgia powerhouse. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to acknowledge that, if you don't have a guy who was a monster reason, one, two, or three, depending on how you want to rank it, if we were doing three stars of the game, mm-hmm. playing, and there's a gap between him and the guy who would replace him at the most important position on the field, then I would imagine that would have a material impact. Sure. As much as I would like Sam Horn to have gotten some reps in games that ideally wouldn't have really mattered, like the first two, because then you're prepared for what inevitably happens to about 75% of teams, and that is their quarterback gets hurt at one point or another, whether they're lost for the season. So, yeah, Sam, would it surprise me if Sam Horn came in and displayed a ridiculous arm? Not at all. Right. But... I just don't think, what's Chase Daniel lying about Brady Cook for? You know what I mean? I'm right. not saying that you're saying that. I'm just saying when I saw that, I'm like, okay, Chase Daniel's got no skin in the game on this. Sure. He's not like on the Brady Cook. I mean, he's just going to tell you what he thinks. Yeah. He's got $100 million, you know, and he's like not even 40 yet. He's, yeah. he's good. Yeah. He doesn't need to kiss Missouri's ass. Right. Well, sometimes, Tim, when the lights shine the brightest, or in the case of the Dome, shine as dimly as they do, some guys step up. And maybe Sam Horn, if he does get so back did there. Did you dream of Sam Horn? I don't remember. I don't remember. I wish I, I did. This infra, this dream happened before the Brady Cook day-to-day news came out, so maybe my subconscious wasn't even thinking about it. Hey, Tim, how come you're not going to your son's baptism? Uh, it's not my son's baptism. It's my wife's cousin's b- baptism. Wife cousin, wife's cousin's son's baptism. Got it. You follow that? Yeah, I, was, I didn't think that your children's baptism would be in D.C. That's correct. I am going to run for office, and we will most likely, thank you, be running or moving to D.C. Uh, I'm excited about it. Obviously, a lot of campaign fundraisers I'm going to be hitting. Uh, But right now, I am a proud St. Louisan. Yeah. Well, (laughs) 
not going to D.C. just yet. <laughs> not moving to D.C. just yet. Text in 314-399-646. Air Comfort Service. Text line. We're going away blues and brews. Tickets. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I was trying to catch Jackson to ask him a uniform question in the commercial break, but he was in the midst of updating people on the Cardinals playing the Brewers tonight. So now everybody's quest for knowledge has been satisfied. Is that on your computer while I'm looking at? That's correct. So these are Team Europe's Solheim Cup uniforms. How do you feel? They're awful. I kind of like them. Oh, what's up with the shoulder stripe? Your thoughts on Team Europe's Solheim Cup uniforms? I'm not three a fan. Four three nine 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 six four six. Tron Carter just tweeted it out. I don't. Yeah, yellow is not my color. I like a good yellow or gold on a football pant. Uh, yeah, I'm not Clear eyes, gold pants, can't, can't lose. lose. What's Brian Kelly going to do when he rolls into Faroe Field on October 7th at 7 p.m. and watches those Tigers come out in gold pant? Well, he already, Is he going to grind on some recruits then? He already wears gold pants, so the Missouri literally can't wear gold pants. So Missouri game. needs to wear what they wore for Armageddon at Arrowhead, white jersey, gold pant, black helmet, and force LSU to wear the purple that they don't like to wear. Yeah. You yeah. like that move, don't you? I would love it, but I don't think I don't I think LSU is actually standing on more ground because they're the away team. I think they get first option to wear white. I think you're wrong on that. Ooh, I don't I mean traditionally you think the, the away team gets to pick uniforms? No, no. But I think that traditionally an SEC, a very traditional conference, likes the home team to wear darker colors and well, the then white why does LSU team, get to wear white all the time at home. I think their grandfather, I think they get the legacy play. And I think that are you are you are you just making things up right now, or do you really well, believe what, this is the well, case? It's like, it's like the Cowboys wearing have white at home. Really, have you ever read this anywhere? No. Okay, that's what I thought. This is, but why? How do the Cowboys get to wear white at home? Well, they're not part of the Southeastern Conference. But, I don't know. I, I don't know. Right, but LSU is because like, they're the home team, and they get to pick what they want to wear. I think it's kind of that simple. Really? Yes. All right. Fair I don't enough. really think this was like cutting edge crap. But then on the when they go on the road, sometimes the Cowboys wear the dark colors. Because the home team wants to screw with the Cowboys, and okay. so they were their whites then. Fair enough. All they right. did that down here at the Dome when like Ed Campos was co- coaching the Cowboys in 2002 and beat the Rammies. Listen, I'm thinking forward to my visions. My visions. Have you dream, dreamt about this game too? The Mizzou LSU Have game? You dreamt of Brian Kelly coming up from behind and grabbing <laughs> your hips like he does with these, these poor recruits in Baton yeah, Rouge? Only in my dreams. But uh, in my dreams, they're home wearing. team picks! Thank you. Okay. Good for you. But, okay. Never mind. Mizzou would never wear white at home. Never, ever, ever. They would never wear white at home. They wore all gold against Notre Dame in 1984. Oh, boy. That was the beginning of the end for 13 years. They've worn all yellow before here, too, and it's rough. Jackson has graduated from his hat theory to white away jersey priority theory. What? The white? The team that plays away wears white. 
Well, Damn, it's Dan Campos. Don't ever disrespect the Campos. Who's Dan Campos? Dan Campbell? No, you just disrespected him. Who is that? He's a coach of Cowboys, 2002. Oh. Is that pre... Uh... God, I'm not sure on that Dan thing, but this guy's so passionate <laughs> about it that, I, that I'm going to fold. What did you think it was? Bill Campos? Ed. Oh. I typed in Dan Campos and popped up Dan Campos Fitness in Philadelphia. So nice. So Is he giving that lessons? Oh, what the hell's going on? Trying to on? pump some iron. I mean, what a segment already. We're only two and a half minutes into it, and we've already covered the Team Europe Solheim Cup uniform. Yeah, I'm not against it. I just am not for it. Missouri wearing white to make LSU or purple. I, that would be Brian wild. Kelly grinding on recruits in front of a 360 camera. Yeah. And Jackson's now away team gets to pick the uniforms theory, which is up there with the hat theory. Well, I'm just saying Mizzou never wears white at home, so LSU will be, be in white. And they're, I, I can't remember the last time LSU wore the purple uniforms. I bet it, I bet it happened last year. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, th- I'm thinking back of my head pictures, and I can't think of them. Back of your head pictures? My head, like, you know, like your pictures in your memory. You remember LSU's schedule? No. No. I don't watch every LSU game, so I could Dave Campo. Dave Campo. Wasn't even Campo, so I'm not disrespecting the Campos family. I'm disrespecting the Campo family. And he was like, the Cowboys coach? He was the coach from 2000 to 2002. You and know who replaced him? Got three seconds. Yes, you know who replaced him? You'll never get it. Um, Jason Garrett? Not uh, bad. Jason Garrett was after this gentleman. Uh, did Josh McDaniels get a cup of tea there? Wade Phillips. Oh, that's right. Damn. I knew it was someone burly. And then I said Josh McDaniels, who's the complete opposite of Burley, so what do I know? Right. Home team picks jerseys. 314. Okay, all right, I get it. I've lost this one. Tim, is your wife and toddler going to hit Dan Campos' gymnasium whilst they're in D.C.? It's yeah, five, quick little jaunt three. up to Philly. True story. I don't, I don't like to brag about the glory of local television. No, never. But when the Rams played the Eagles in 2001 season, it was January of 2002, uh, in the NFC Championship, I was working at Camo V, and I was sent to Philadelphia to cover Andy Reid. How about that? Mm-hmm. Coaching the Eagles at the time. Uh, press conference and interview Eagles players in their locker room at their facilities. And KMOV was kind enough to fly me into Baltimore <laughs> to drive to Philadelphia <laughs> and then still go live that night. And I was arriving at night, too. <laughs> oh, God. So I remember a photographer, I believe it was a gentleman from Kiev, going, well, there's going to be some traffic. I go, yeah. I said, this, this live shot's up for grabs here. And then I went live from where the Rocky statue was. Oh, nice. At the, is that the library? I believe so. But yeah. it's now been moved. Really? It's not the top of those steps? No, it's been moved. Wow. That kind of... So I, uh, I did a live shot right where Sylvester Stallone and Mr. T did battle. Nice, yeah. Rocky uh, three. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Very yeah. nice. Thank you. Is that your favorite, Rocky? No, Rocky four is unanimous best Rocky of all time. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't sound like you agree. I like the original. Uh, 1993 was the last time LSU wore purple. Thanks, three and four. Is that right? God, that would... What vindication I would feel. I need the victory right now. The biggest victory I could have is if Mizzou wins 42-7. Then everyone owes I, mean, I would me. love that for so many reasons. Everybody owes me. Like It's like the Colonel's guy, Gerard Hamilton, predicted yeah. damn near to the point the yeah. LSU, or not the LSU, Middle Tennessee, Middle, Middle Tennessee game. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, Gerard Hamilton, he's a soothsayer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to take over that role if they win 42-7. But then he picked K-State the following week. Yeah, well, I, I didn't. 
Uh, let's see. I wish home teams wore white. The home fans could see the visiting team's colors. Constantly seeing a white uni come in town sort of stinks. Thanks. That's from the 636. Wow, uniform take. Well, Look at that. The old Solheim Cup conversation brings us home. Yeah. Lands the plane. Wonderful. Basketball, the home team wears white. And then usually has their, uh, they usually have their team mascot on the front of the jersey. And then the away jersey has the city. I always find that interesting. That is true. Yeah. Usually, usually. usually. And now in the NBA, it's complete. Now they wear whatever colors they want on night-to-night basis. Home team, away team, wears white, who cares? That's kind of how they've gone. A lot of guys have a back-of-the-head memory of little piddles. That's from the 618. I don't know what that means, but I, I just I felt like read. that was a shot of my hair. I th- no, your hair is thick and lush now. You're the Quinn Snyder of one-hour midday shows. It's thickening. It yeah. is. Yeah. I am the Quinn Snyder of... Uh, I don't answer questions that are asked to me, or I'll answer them indirectly. Uh, all right, 10.50. <laughs> Fastest hour in sports radio. That's right. Uh, we'll uh, wrap up the program coming up in the uh, next segment. BK and Ferrario take over for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This is Balloon Party. You're my mom and ask St. Louis Accurate on Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party driven by Mungan S. Amos Acura, Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Uh, BK and Ferrario coming up at the top of the hour. Jackson, we're giving away blues and bruise tickets here. And uh, you have unilateral control over who gets these uh, text wins. Who gets it today? This comes from Scott. Hey, Scott. Thanks for listening. Scott says, Jackson, I indulged in an RC not too long ago. In an RC? As in an RC call at the Dome? That's right. Yep. An RC call. I don't know if it's at the Dome or not, but he said he indulged in an RC not too long ago, and this is how I remember. Not great and very unsatisfying. Kind of like the first time I kissed my father-in-law, Bill, but that didn't stop us from trying it again more recently. It's still flat and unsatisfying, though. Thanks. From Scott. Scott, uh, that's hot. And congratulations. You're going to Blues and Brews. Tough decision on whether or not to take his wife or his father-in-law. Because right. I think we only have two passes. Yeah. So wonder if 101 ESPN can give a third. Or we could cover live his decision, kind of like Braun going to oh, South that Beach. That would be bad, Jim Gray. Boys Club. Boys Club. Do, 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 do. Boys Club. Yeah. I saw Mike Ryder stand up, and I thought he was coming to just unplug everything. Say, all right, that's, that'll do it, fellas. That'll do it. <laughs> you're, you're done here. That'll do it. It's been a fun experiment, <laughs> but... <laughs> 20 months. It's, it's just not going to do. We're just not going to work. Uh, let's see. Uh, you would think with all of Jackson's trust fund money, he could afford a better hair loss solution. That's from the 618. I think Jackson's hair is looking wonderful. Thank I you. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I look at pictures from like a year ago, and it is like... It is a big difference. So you're lithe. You have a full head of hair. Mm-hmm. The ladies, they're talking you up. Yeah. They are at Wheelhouse, yeah. at Napoli, yeah. at Brio. I can't. Those are my. Those are actually. That's my Mount Rushmore of of jaunts I like to go to. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I would say that I am the talk of the town, and uh, people anywhere I go, they just they just gas me up, and I love it. You know, I I actually I thrive on compliments and i would be nothing without them that's why this text inbox is so helpful for you yeah my wife is a flight attendant and goes to philly often the statue is still at the top of the steps in the three and four i thought they had moved the statue hmm. when i did my live shot from there it was there but i thought they had since moved it hell i don't know uh it has just it returned 
It was uh, wow! It came back like Jordan wearing the four or five. So it was relocated to an area next to the museum steps in '06, and then came back in 2017. Wow! So I was right. This gentleman's right, and I'm right. Yeah. So it came. We're back. all right. It came back and is is open to the public. You can go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. I can tell this is good. This is a good one. Well. I'm a great babe auto detailing level. Right, that's your, that's your, so this is And he said, <laughs> never in my life have I ever kissed my father-in-law. <laughs> what a joke you are, Biddles. That's from the great babe auto detailing. I didn't send in the text. I just picked it because I thought Scott it was. Scott, you can talk to Scott about it at the Blues and Brews on Friday. Yeah, don't get mad at me. I mean, I just like the, the idea of the RC Cola, man. <laughs> Guys, 50% of today's show has been about Piddle's hair and Piddle's dreams. Yeah. What more did you want Wednesday in St. Louis? 42 to 7, he says. Missouri, yeah. 42 to 7. You're dreaming about Missouri and Memphis. Yeah. I'm not even sure like Drinkwitz is dreaming about Missouri and Memphis, but you are. You better be. And you think it's Sam Horn under center leading him to glory. No, I don't know. I, I was You're totally dreaming about it. I was totally nonplussed when I saw Brady Cook as day to day and limited in practice or not practicing. Like I didn't expect him to practice immediately after that. That lactic acid buildup will eat you alive when it comes to a knee injury, like something like that or ankle. So I had no, it was of no surprise to me. But, you know, we'll monitor it. And if I think if it's Sam Horn, the chances of Mizzou winning are still very good. All right, there it is. Action Jackson, 42 to 7. It's been announced right here on Balloon Party. It is an exclusive, so please credit this show if you uh, if you release that information. Time for us to go. BKN Ferrari, we're up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, St. Louis Acura, and Alan Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.